criticism. I just had to call in to respond to this week's installment of Never Trump Drivel from Terry Mattingly. Compliments. I love the interviews and insights because they help me battle the slings and arrows of outrageous theology and practice. Clarification. Is there a point where, without baptism, infants go to heaven, and after which time they go to hell if they're not baptized? The Issues Etc. Comment Line, 618-223-8382. Yeah, the new gender order speaks to a kind of queered manhood and queered womanhood, and really it all kind of blends down into one androgynous gender smoothie. The majority of women who are post-abortive say that they would have kept their child had they had the emotional and financial resources to do so. So we need to speak to her and we need to support her. It's really become a cacophony of bizarreness within evangelicalism in the NAR as they try to out-Jewish each other in kind of resurrecting and trying to smuggle in to Christianity practices that are Jewish. See, the Creator has established an order, and it's our job to honor it. So the pastor stands in the stead of the head. The head is male. This is not because we're anti-woman. It's because we're pro-Christ. Farmers in South Dakota listen to issues, etc., while combining our corn and feeding the world. Well, we have questions from our listeners. Was there death before the fall into sin? If so, well, where would we find that idea in the Bible? And a question about the magnitude of Jesus' suffering, because sin deserves eternal punishment, and there are billions upon billions of sinners. Did Jesus, did he, in effect, suffer billions of eternities of suffering there at the cross? Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for tuning us in on this Wednesday, October the 11th. We're going to start up with a listener email on the Issues Etc. comment line. Then Dr. John Bombaro joins us to talk about C.S. Lewis, Christianity, and myth. Let's begin with Mark. He writes, I don't buy this, but I was confronted with an argument that death did happen prior to Adam and Eve's fall into sin. That Romans 5.12 only speaks of human death and possibly only of human second death, as in eternity in hell with Satan and the demons. How should I respond? Thanks for the email, and thanks for listening, Mark. Well, first of all, it's an argument from silence, because there are no scriptures that speak in any way about death before the fall. Every time scripture speaks about death and the fall, it attributes death, not just human death, but all death, to the fall. So to posit that there was non-human death before the fall, it, really what this is, is it's just an ad hoc speculation on the part of people who want to marry evolution and creation together. They want to have the cake and eat it too. They want to somehow still, in the most bare bones fashion, affirm the Genesis account, highly redefined by the way, and still have an earth that is billions of years old. They just don't want to live with the tension between what some of the evidence appears to show about the age of the earth and what the Bible says, what God's word says. 
they don't want to live with that tension, so they try and find a halfway house between evolution and creation. And in order to do that, they have to say, well, what about the fall and death? Well, it's just human death they're talking about. And so it goes along with a very convoluted, as I said, ad hoc speculation that there were there was an earth for billions of years before, and the theories vary, an earth for billions of years before God created human beings. And it was just going along kind of in an evolutionary fashion. There's death. And then God has a special creation of man. And man is immortal, just like the Bible says, before the fall. Then he falls into sin. And then man is now subject to death as well. It doesn't add up with scripture, Old Testament or New Testament. And it certainly leaves the theorist there at a loss to explain what Paul says when he talks about the sin of one man subjecting all of creation to futility. Was it just sit around feeling hopeless? No, he's talking about the futility of mortality, of death. And it requires the theorist to read, really intentionally misread what is the pretty obvious intent of Paul when he talks about the fall and death. So ask for a Bible passage. If they say, well, I don't have a Bible passage, but if you look at Romans 5, it could be read this way. Well, it could be read a lot of ways. What way should it be read? What did Paul intend to say? Did he intend to say, well, you know, there's death before the fall. You think that if there were death before the fall, Paul, speaking about death in the fall, would have said that. He could have simply said, there was death before the fall, and then God created man, and then man fell, and then man was subjected to death. But that's not what he says at all. Paul seems to be a little OCD on details too, doesn't he? Yeah, he sure does. (laughs) And you simply cannot find a place in Scripture that posits death before the fall, and you cannot find a place in Scripture when they're speaking about the fall and death together that does not directly attribute death, mortality, or as Paul says, futility, to the fall itself. Brian, Sunnyvale, Texas. This is not meant to be an if-God-is-all-powerful-could-he question. If Jesus died for all and paid the full penalty for all sin, all have sinned and deserve eternal punishment, and billions have and will live in sin, then did Christ somehow suffer billions of eternity on the cross? Thanks for the email. Thanks for listening in Texas. Brian. Well, if I understand your, your question correctly, you're really talking about the magnitude of Christ's suffering. And can you sit down with a calculator? Let's say we could somehow know the total number of people who have been born and died from Adam and Eve until now. And if we could somehow calculate that number and then say, well, okay, every one of them is a sinner and then therefore everyone deserves eternal punishment. How much did Jesus have to suffer to pay for the sins of all men? And remember, we're not to the end of the story yet. I think the current population of the earth is 8 billion. Who knows how many have come before us? This could go on for another thousand years. So your calculations would become, and you're talking about eternities, so the math kind of falls apart there. We simply take Scripture in its simple, plain meaning. Yes, Christ died for all. Yes, his suffering 
there at the cross is sufficient for the sins of the world. And when we say world, we mean there every man, woman, and child, whoever has and ever will exist. All sins have been paid for by Christ. And since Scripture doesn't do the math for us, doesn't suggest that we do the math, we really don't need to burden ourselves with that question. It's, it's a good lesson in sticking with the plain and simple language of Scripture. Did Christ die for all? Yes. Are all sins atoned for in his death? Yes. And there's no need to do additional calculations to answer a question, well, precisely how much did Christ suffer? When he says it is finished, we can take him at his word. That his suffering then is now sufficient in the eyes of God to atone for the sins of the world. Rita, I am a new listener to Issues Etc. Thanks for listening, Rita. A few times I've heard you mention separating from the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod organization. Can you please provide details about the what, when, and why? I am a baby Lutheran, meaning I converted from a non-denominational church to the LCMS, and I am just curious. Thanks for the email. Thanks for listening, Rita. We really need to write this down sometime or have someone write it down. It's been suggested that someone write a little book to explain what happened. Now, Jeff and I actually did a segment at our virtual conference. What was that, three or four years ago? That was during COVID, right? So it's been 2020. Okay, so about three years ago. We did a little segment where we reminisced about working for the Lutheran Church of Missouri Synod and then subsequently being fired by the then leadership of the Lutheran Church of Missouri Synod. So how would you put it in a nutshell? Well, Rita said she's converted from a non-denominational church to the Lutheran Church of Missouri Synod. The previous leadership at the time, President Gerald Kieschnick, how do I put this in the kindest way, was encouraging the LCMS to become more like your local big box non-denominational church. We didn't think that was a good idea. We thought that was contrary to biblical Lutheran doctrine and practice. Therefore, our show was canceled. We weren't fired. Remember, we weren't fired. The show's canceled, but we were told we're not fired, although we didn't have a paycheck or a job or office you. to go to. The show is being canceled. Therefore, your positions are being terminated. They were eliminating our positions, but we weren't being fired. Somehow, they eliminated our positions without actually firing us. So probably, Rita, the best summary, uh, Google Radio Silence. It was a Wall Street Journal column written by Molly Hemingway. Fairly soon after our cancellation during Holy Week of 2008, and that will give you a lot of the details. And Aaron Wolf. Aaron Wolf of Chronicles Magazine. Gene Veith wrote something about it in World, World Magazine. Magazine. So, yeah, you could probably get Aaron Wolf, uh, Issues, etc., Cancellation. Gene Edward Veith, Issues, etc., Cancellation. You can also go back and look at the time, I can't remember his first name, but the religion reporter for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Tim Townsend. Tim Townsend was also writing about it. So, if you can search Tim Townsend's of former articles there with the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, you'll, you'll find a pretty good summary, a pretty good summary of what was happening all around that time. When we come back, more listener email, the issues, etc., a comment line on this Wednesday, October the 11th. On the blow, done to take it well. 
Only wish my words could just convince myself That it just wasn't real But that's not the way it feels This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we are rolling right along in our adventures in Acts with charges against Paul, Paul's defense before Felix, Paul kept in custody, the Jews make their case to Festus, and Paul appeals to Caesar. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider. Interest Time is a magazine that Lutheran Church Extension Fund publishes to inform and educate readers on what God's people are accomplishing through His blessings. You'll find stories about congregations, schools, and organizations within the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod that are sharing the good news of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Get your free copy today at interesttime.org slash subscribe. Luther had Wartburg. We have Collinsville. You're listening to Issues Etc. Have you ever wondered about some of the more difficult topics or teachings of Scripture, such as what does the Bible say about polygamy or slavery or the free will, or what about law and gospel? The October issue of The Lutheran Witness is a twin to the August 2022 issue, and it takes up some of these difficult teachings of Scripture and explains them in detail. To get your copy, visit cph.org witness or the Lutheran Witness website witness.lsms.org. The Lutheran Witness, interpreting the world from a Lutheran perspective. Criticism. I just had to call in to respond to this week's installment of Never Trump Drivel from Terry Mattingly. Compliments. I love the interviews and insights because they help me battle the slings and arrows of outrageous theology and practice. Clarification. Is there a point where, without baptism, infants go to heaven, and after which time they go to hell if they're not baptized? The Issues Etc. Comment Line, 618-223-8382. I began to realize things weren't right with me when I began missing home and family events on purpose. I would create excuses, claim a need to work, or subconsciously develop illnesses so that I didn't have to interact as much with my family. I kept so busy with projects, things that simply couldn't wait, that I didn't have time for my own wife and children. It was easier to work on a project, especially on the computer, than to interact with anyone. That's Pastor Todd Peppercorn reading from his book, I Trust When Dark My Road, A Lutheran View of Depression. We've produced an audio book of I Trust When Dark My Road, and you can have it absolutely free. Just go to our website, issuesetc.org. You will confront a pop-up. Just enter your email address, and we'll send you the audio book, I Trust When Dark My Road, A Lutheran View of Depression. We're getting lots of positive feedback from this new audio book. I'm not surprised. So if you suffer from depression or you know someone, we all know people who do, be sure to enter your email address on the pop-up ad at issuesetc.org and Deaconess Lynn Fredrickson will send you the link to 
listen and download I Trust When Dark My Road, in addition to Pastor Peppercorn. It's great that we finally, because you know, I've been working on this couple of years trying to get Todd to re- record this, but it's better having him read it because it's his story rather than a third party oh, yeah. person reading it. And it also contains a foreword by Pastor Matt Harrison, president of Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, and an introduction by Issues Etc. guests and clinical psychologist Dr. Beverly Yonke. Issuesetc.org and enter your email address in the pop-up. Sarah writes, Hi, I have been a faithful confessional Lutheran off for a while but returned since childhood. At 50 years old, I just started listening to a podcast from Greg Laurie from Harvest Ministries. He speaks God's word, both law and gospel, but adds real-life examples to his sermons. He refers to the Bible and doesn't seem to be a false prophet. Years and years of strict Lutheranism have me feeling guilty for listening. I don't agree with his point on us deciding to follow Jesus. However, being a human mother and wife with lots of challenges through the years, I need to hear this stuff. How I can change to act like a follower of God with the help of the Holy Spirit. I do not plan on leaving Lutheranism, however, wondering how sinful it is to listen to him, as well as issues, etc. Really appreciate your input on this, as I would never tell my pastor this. We as Lutherans tend to be so stoic and strict about our doctrine that if it's not our way, it's wrong. Don't you dare smile in a church service or else you'll get an evil eye. Hopefully you know what I'm getting at here. Thank you for your time and all that you do, and thank you for the email, and thank you for listening, Sarah. Okay, I'm going to use an example. Who's the the giant of expository teaching? Why is his name? Chuck Swindoll. Chuck Swindoll. Okay. First of all, they should be commended for believing in the inerrancy and inspiration of Scripture, and it's God's Word. And I think that's true of Laurie as well. So Chuck Swindoll, he had definitely, not a Lutheran, definitely had his own set of beliefs that were informed by an entirely different tradition. But about 85%, maybe even 90% of what you'd hear on his famous radio program was just simple expository teaching. And when he went wrong, he went wrong. But I wouldn't for that reason call him a false teacher. I would call him uh, heterodox. heterodox. He's erring in certain matters, but in, in other matters, he was an entirely biblical teacher. So you could listen to him. And as long as you knew where his errors were, you could greatly benefit from him. He had insights that I learned early in my pastoral ministry that have benefited me my entire ministry. But you're a pastor. You're a trained theologian. And, and I knew I knew where Chuck Swindoll, where the errors lay. So it's a minefield. There may only be three mines in the field, but be careful walking into that field if you don't know where the mines are buried. If you know where they're buried then you can avoid them. You can navigate a path through. Not a perfect analogy. By the way, don't walk into a minefield period. Yeah, yeah that's probably... Not, not a real <laughs> minefield. But if you must cross the field, then you must. That is my analogy to Lori. You need to know where he is coming from theologically and then say, all right, he does provide some insight. There are good, some good things there, but I have to know where the errors are. And in a moment, I'll offer a better alternative for expository teaching, because I think that's what is attracting you to this, is simple, that is simply explaining verse by verse the Bible passage before you. There's a better alternative 
than Lori. But we recently did an interview with Pastor Brian Wolfmiller on Lori's view of the end times, critiquing it. So you can go back and listen to that. I believe I interviewed Lori years and years ago, but I don't know that the audio still exists. It was on one of his books. I just have a very vague memory of sitting downstairs in one of those microscopic studios at our former employer interviewing him. He's wrong on a lot of areas. I mean, oh, sure. he gets original sin wrong, free well, yes. will, conversion, the relationship between justification and sanctification. The work of the Holy Spirit. The work of the Holy Spirit, baptism, Lord's Supper, confession, absolution, the end times. Yeah. <laughs> so quite a few th- there are a lot of minds in that field. So I'm going to offer you a field that is free of minds, that you can frolic in as you will because there's no danger there. And that is our own version, if you will, of expository teaching the word of the Lord endures forever with Pastor Will Whedon. It's not only mind free, but it also offers way more by way of church history, the church's hymnody, liturgy, the church fathers, along with a verse by verse exposition through the Bible. So it's the word of the Lord endures forever with Pastor Will Whedon, the word endures.org or your favorite podcast provider or the Lutheran Public Radio mobile app. Eric's writing in regards to a statement you made last week about car salesmen. Eric says, I sold cars for three to four months. New salesmen do, and he's got bold, do have to talk to the manager first before the deal is sealed to make sure they aren't giving away the dealer's profit. Still funny, though. Oh, and some sales managers will give you a talking to if you don't follow customers around in the lot. To them, it's seen as not being assertive enough. Thanks for the insightful email, <laughs> Eric. So sometimes so there you, is a manager back there. Yeah, so you, yeah, if there are people that didn't listen to last week's email comment line segment, you asserted that there is no manager back there when the salesman goes. I got to get, see if I can get approval to lower this price manager. You asserted that it doesn't exist. Eric. Anecdotal as it is, says, in his experience, the manager does exist. For new salesmen. That's what he said. For new salesmen. Oh, he said new salesmen do have to talk to the manager, but there is a manager. There is a manager. It's just the new guys got to get, you know, they're new. They'll probably just give the car away for free. So, so the, the more established guys, but there still is a manager. Do you remember when, when Saturn came out? Yes. And their selling point was, I actually bought one. Their selling point was. Genius. Take it. The, the price on the ticket is the price you're going to pay. Haggle free price. You can right? well, you, free. you can try and haggle us. We're not going to haggle you. You're going to pay this. If you want a cheaper car, then go with less options. And that was enough for me at one point. This was years and years ago for me to say, well, I'm going to find me with the next car. I'm going to find me the Saturn dealership. Shenanigan free. It was shenanigan free. So it was, and that was a very big sell. Now i don't I don't think Saturn exists anymore? No, they don't. I don't know what happened to them. Uh, I don't even remember. Maybe it was a bad business. Plan. I don't even remember the vehicle that well to tell you. Maybe the truth. they should have gone back to the manager yeah, that doesn't true. exist. I've owned a lot of vehicles. My most pleasant experience has been with the guy down the highway who buys cars at auction, and he's the only guy you deal with. He is the manager, and he just flat out says, "This is what I paid for it in auction." This is what I got to make. This is what I put into it. He'll show you the sheet. This is what I put into it. This is what I got to make to stay in business. 
we can work out financing, but this that's the price. And he like, maybe I can knock a, a couple hundred bucks off, but what's a couple hundred bucks? So that was the best. That's I bought three cars from him. And then many, many others from, well, I won't say people on the street corner, but practically people on the street corner. Yeah, we don't want to go public with that one. Well, I have run through a lot of used trucks. Because that's all we can afford. Yeah, I mean, it's the, the one I'm driving out there now is... Uh, 12, no, 14 years old. And I kind of like that because if I tried to buy that truck new. Oh, trucks. Not no, this, it would be $72,000. Time for one final email. Mm-hmm. Becky says, I'm so thankful for issues, etc. And the word of the Lord endures forever. The podcasts are my inspiration while cooking, cleaning, exercising, and driving. Some favorites on issues are Pastor Connor's questions kids ask. I'm using his idea to have the kids in the children's fellowship to write questions for me to answer to see if I can motivate them to be more interested in God's word. Law and Gospel from Dr. Walther, your series with Pastor Whedon. The Lord's Prayer series that just started. Questions for Pastors Wolfmiller, Catchelmeyer, etc. I listen to every single broadcast. And thank you for doing audio of Objections Overruled 1 and 2. It is well written and has been so helpful to me. Thanks for the feedback, Becky. Well, we are happy to do all of that. Keeps us busy. Keeps our listeners listening. And thank you very much for availing yourself of everything we do here at Issues Etc. When we come back, Dr. John Bombaro joins us. It's time to talk about C.S. Lewis, Christianity, and myths. It's the getting to the point that is the hardest part. If you come, I will answer. If you follow, Martin Luther on Mental Health, Practical Advice for Christians Today, is the Issues Etc. Book of the Month for October. It's written by Lutheran layman Dr. Stephen Saunders, professor of psychology at Marquette University. Martin Luther on Mental Health is published by Concordia Publishing House. Their phone number, 1-800-325-3040, or learn more at issuesetc.org. The Issues Etc. Book of the Month for October, Martin Luther on Mental Health. The Lutheran Church Missouri Synod's life ministry is thousands of people sharing Christ's love and mercy and giving witness to our Lord's creation of life, His design for marriage and the family, and the God-given value of all human life from conception to natural death. Working with many partners, LCMS Life Ministries sponsors human care efforts that meet the needs of body and soul and provides resources and educational events for all ages. To learn more, email lifeministry at lcms.org and visit lcms.org life. You can teach lay people theology. You're listening to Issues Etc. Not everyone is comfortable with new technology. Dial A Podcast gives all generations of your congregation an easy way to hear your sermons or even devotionals and Bible studies. Once you've completed a simple one-time setup, we take care of the rest. All your congregants have to do is dial the number from any phone to listen to your latest podcast, all at no additional cost to them. Dial A Podcast. Extend the reach of your sermons. Get started at dialapodcast.com now. Memoria Press's award-winning Latin programs have successfully taught hundreds of thousands of students across the world. Their easy-to-use, step-by-step Latin curriculum provides students with an academic vocabulary, a mastery of English grammar, and strong critical thinking skills. If you're interested in learning more, visit them at memoriapress.com. 
and use the coupon code LPR24 at checkout. Memorial Press, saving Western civilization one student at a time.